And a big aloha to my friend Alex Ote. How are you, Alex? I am fine, Cindy. Thanks for asking. How are you doing? Good, good, good. You know, I, I, I just love what you do. I've worked with you in the past, and I'm very excited, of course, about your new release, Love Matters Now, the Alex Ote Trio. The thing is, you're so busy helping so many other people out with their work, with your studio and producing and things, that you you haven't had time to do much of your own stuff, have you? Ah, well, that's kind of how it's been over the years. I've done a lot of production work. I've helped uh, a lot of folks get projects done. (laughs) One of them is, is of course, my wife, who's Miss Amy, and we did five albums right there, and then I recorded my father and uh, a few other folks. Uh, Leonardo Lassan was a student of my father's, who's a classic pianist. And so finally, um, this year, is like, i got to get through this because I've been out playing and doing things for a long time and writing incessantly, so it's like it's about time to finally put this project together. And you, you mentioned your dad, and of course your dad was um, a very famous pianist that worked. He he was uh, he was uh, big in Mexico, wasn't he? That was his roots was in a classical piano in Mexico, right. right? Absolutely, he was born in Mexico, put at the piano at age two. Wow! And by the time he was an early teen, he was pretty well known all through Mexico. He had toured Europe. Really, by the time he was seven years old, he had toured. Mexico and Europe, and wrote a lot of music and became known as a Chopin of Mexico by age 15, and was the youngest professor at the University of Mexico in music when he was 17. Wow. So he became very well known, and um, I didn't know a lot of his background until around the 1990s, and I learned more about kind of what transpired from then on. And uh, so, yes, he became known well, well in Mexico, but he came to the United States around 1946. And then you were born in Philadelphia? That's right. He came to Philadelphia. He went to Curtis in Philadelphia uh, for composition and piano. He was, he was accepted for both, and he studied composition with Juan Carlo Minotti. And, wow. Well, he also represented the U.S. Centennial, the Chopin Centennial in Warsaw Paul in 1949. But then by 1959, he was uh, executive director of the music school and going into the 1960s, and so that's when I came into the world. <laughs> so you have this heritage, and I, I, I kind of wonder why you didn't take up piano, or was it just going to be too heavy with your dad doing all this, <laughs> you know, because you're a trumpet player. Well, yeah, I, I sort of had free lessons since he was the head of a music school, and so I studied trumpet and percussion and music theory as a seven-year-old and, you know, before I was even a teenager, and I didn't really get into playing the piano until I was sort of mid-teen, but I, I was always around my father and my mother, who was a very good pianist as well, and I dabbled with it. I, I played with it, and I, I just kind of, it came really easily in a lot of ways. I just kind yeah. of would play things, but I, I didn't take it seriously until I, was, I heard, like, Billy Joel. Yes, <laughs> and, that uh, made more John, sense. And I thought, hey, I could do that, you know? <laughs> yes, I, I get it, more than, than, than your dad's classical music. But, so, but you know, then you, you, you've been working hard. When did you meet Amy? Right, well... As I said, I, I kind of got into piano, and I'd done classical things in my youth, and, and when I started playing piano, um, then I was going to go into music full-time, and I kind of diverted from that just because I was more inclined to play trumpet and classical trumpet, and the way the classical trumpet music market looked, it was sort of the orchestra, and you're right, I was not enthralled with doing classical music sort of full-time. Uh, I think jazz was sort of in my soul, <laughs> even at yeah, that time. Yeah, yeah. And I got to play with Grover Washington. Um, oh, back I love in Philadelphia, Grover. But love then I moved Grover to Dallas, Washington. Texas. 
Yeah. And that's where I met Amy. And we ah. met over a piano. Uh, and we were kind of at a party, and I sat down at the piano, and she started singing. So ah. <laughs> it was a match right there. Ah, how wonderful. Well, you were you were involved, and I guess through her, in a couple of Grammy, wonderful Grammy projects. Oh, actually, you've been involved in many Grammy projects, but a Grammy-winning projects and two Grammy-nominated projects, which is which is big time. And, you know, you know what it's like being an independent artist. Um, and you know what it's like being a jazz artist. It's one thing, you know, these days, you know, it's kind of hard to get airplay. So I guess that's why did you start? You started a jazz show on your own for a while, right? Yes. Well, um, more recently, I've been doing a jazz show, WWFM 81.9 HD2 here in Trenton, New Jersey. And I got to know Richie Cole, who's a very big-time jazz player for He's many great. years. Uh, played with Buddy Rich, Doc Severinsen, Lionel Hampton, Ella Fitzgerald, all the greats. He played with, the, you know, Frank Sinatra and, and uh, Tony Bennett, those types. But uh, so I do this jazz show. That was very much, uh, I kind of got pulled into that really with Richie because he's kind of the local person here in Trenton and uh, knows a lot of, you know, stories and background mm-hmm. <laughs> over the years. And so we did the show together, and then uh, he headed out to Pittsburgh with some work that he had out there, and so I continued the show, so I still do the Trenton Jazz Show, and I love covering it. And um, it's it's nice because I get to get to learn more of the history, even current history, of a lot of the great jazz artists who are around today, many in the Grammy community, and then, again, have been developing my trio all along and, and got this first project put together. So it's, it's a nice fit for what I do because I again, can kind of stay aware of the, the influences that are out there. Well, you've been on the road a lot. I mean, I know because you're very involved in a lot of uh, work and helping other people, but also a lot of what the Grammy Wonderful Community uh, puts on involves uh, going out and, and meeting and greeting and playing at these different events. So I know that you you right. you, you do hit the road, <laughs> and for work, of course, and for gigs quite often, right? Yes, well, we're playing... Um, pretty much uh, around the East Coast area, regional Philadelphia to, to New York. That's really where I do most of the things. I have been out in L.A. and, and played out there when the Grammys out there. This year, the, we have it in New York City, and I'm going to be playing up at B.B. King's with the trio for the soiree that's taking place there. Um, I'll also be at Michael Feinstein's up in New York. Um, and our trio, well, we just last night were playing in Philadelphia, at the, the wonderful Museum of the American Revolution, which is beautiful. Wow, <laughs> that must be amazing! Party. Wow. So, so, yeah. so you, so they have some parties there, and then you get to play for that for the parties. Yeah, we were well, sort of dinner music in a way, but uh, yeah. it's nice because uh, it was very focused on us. I mean, when we were playing, there were a lot of people who were very uh, liking what we did, and again, we do a lot of the standards. I mean, I do all kinds of things from the you know, Cole Porter. Gershwin up to, you know, Michael Bublé style or Sinatra. Um, so a lot of standards. And then, of course, original tunes bring them out sometimes in places like that. Or And tonight, actually, I have a show here in Ewing, New Jersey, uh, at the 1867 Sanctuary, which used to be an old Presbyterian church that they turned into an art center. Wow. And uh, so we're playing. It's, it's really to highlight this album, the Love Matters Now album. We're doing many selections from that tonight. Now, it, that of course we do. I mean, Richie Cole's great, but it's it's interesting in this particular style in jazz. There's so many different subcultures, and and 
a lot of times the the different subcultures don't blend. It's lucky that you can play in in all of them, but but it's interesting how there's you know some groups of jazz think ah oh, smooth jazz isn't really jazz, and some people think bebop's not traditional, and some people think you know you know what I'm saying. There's different categories that kind of in that subculture. Do you, do you find that it's because of the need for jazz musicians to continue to play? and get recognized that's kind of broken down some and that you can kind of play more gigs now than, uh, or is it still kind of segregated depending on the kind of jazz you play? Well, it's a very good question. I have, you know, doing the radio show, I explore a lot of different styles, and there are many subgenres of jazz, as you're pointing out. I mean, you have not just the swing and bebop as Richie Cole uh, does. This, uh, one of the cuts on the album, I wrote a bebop song for that, and as you say, I try to have swing and and uh, I didn't actually put any bossa on this album. I mostly went back to things like Fats Waller and some of the early styles of jazz. I love Gershwin, mm-hmm. uh, which he didn't write jazz per se. He wrote you know popular tunes that people play as jazz. But there are many subgenres. There's Afro pop and there's mm-hmm. uh, Cuban salsa. There's there's forms of ska. And and these days, even across the internet, of course, you can hear things from all over the world. I mean, there's, there's Japanese. They call it J-pop and, and, and jazz. There's a mix there, pop jazz, uh, which has its own sort of style. I have I've never, heard, I've never heard of that. that amazing. Oh, I, yet, you know, so, yeah. I didn't know there was Japanese jazz. J-pop, that's brand new to me. I've never heard that, Alex. I've, that's interesting. Yeah, well, there's, there's pop, but some of the players there uh-huh. are just tremendous, and they, they've got their own, again, their own little style that goes with it, too. It's not, you know, it's not, it's, different uh-huh. <laughs> from America. We think of America as being the birthplace of jazz in a lot of ways. We formulated it, you know, we, we formalized it. Uh, we had a lot of integration within our society of the music influences here, but it really is a worldwide phenomenon. There's so many things. If you go to Africa, if you go to Europe, mm. Russia, if you go to India, mm-hmm. um, Iceland, I mean, they have... Iceland? Jazz that okay, all have you, th- you, threw, you threw me for a loop with Iceland. <laughs> I know that. Yeah, I know that absolutely. Europe Europe has always been very, very big in jazz clubs. Probably more than America, right? I mean, more usable, workable, money making clubs there. You'd say. Yes, they're very appreciative. I know that for sure. And again, the French. I mean, I've known some French jazz players who are just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. One was a good friend of my father's, actually, going back to that era, Bernard Pfeiffer, and he he was an early influence. Um, and he would take classical songs and do them, you know, jazz style. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Some people, mm-hmm. you, know, you take Bach or Chopin or something, play it, play the class, uh, jazz style. And so, but deep down there are roots that this jazz, maybe it's the folk influence. When I listen to Klezmer, if you listen to Klezmer, yeah. to me, it's it's like a form of Dixieland. Interesting. <laughs> when you think of Dixieland as jazz, yeah. but Klezmer maybe, but it really, to me, you know, it has that sort of freedom. It has the multi-instrumentation where you have the clarinets and trumpets all kind of playing on top of one another with, with uh, various scales that, uh, you know, have jazz-like influences. So it's, in some cases it may not be outright jazz or classified as such, but there are elements of jazz in a lot of different styles of music. And uh, worldwide these, these influences are, are more pronounced. And, of course, today, you know, they classify it more as jazz, and yet it's been kind of integrated to their own societies or their the own culture of music that they've had so it is it, a it's a very abundant form jazz and all the subgenres go on and on and on have you played europe i played in a wind ensemble in the uk many years back and then i 
sort of went into France and Germany uh, with a sub part of that ensemble and, and played a few places. I was at the Jazz Club Lionel Hampton, <laughs> which was wow. a beautiful spot. I don't know if it's still there in Paris. Uh-huh. That was beautiful. Um, but I want to go back. I've had a lot of invitations. <laughs> Well, you know, so, I mean, a lot of people just fall in love with it and kind of move there because, just because it's like, well, gosh, it's a beautiful place and you can get gigs in clubs, right? And and it's interesting. Isn't it terrible how we tend to, unfortunately, um, not recognize ourselves in, in our own country? We're not really appreciated as much, but if we go to a foreign country, it's like, wow, there's a, you know, a jazz musician who's gotten to play with Grover Washington Jr. and Richie Cole and all these people, and it's all of a sudden you're appreciated, right? Yeah, it is an interesting phenomenon. The hometown can be yep. kind of, you know, indifferent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so so doing, going back to your roots and doing this one, um, you know, it's kind of interesting for you because not only do you play, obviously, trumpet and all kinds of styles and piano, but um, you do production, and you, you're serious about your production. Um, and you work. I mean, you worked on one of my pieces, "Angel Blessings," benefiting hospice. I mean, we were down to the wire, and I have to say, you were amazing. You worked so so hard mixing and getting everything together, and it was not an easy project because there were 40 tracks. Um, but so you have this your own studio, and. Um, and at the same time, I know you did, I think, go to Oscar Ate at El Cerrito for some uh, mastering help as well, right? That's right. And, you know, Oscar was wonderful. El Cerrito, they do a great mastering job. And working on the project with you, Angel Blessings, was really wonderful. It was a great experience to blend so much of that together as a spoken word project with music uh, backgrounds. And so to pull all that together was just a, a wonderful experience of, of, again, the music itself, and that's why I think, you know, the engineering, the mixing, um, technically, yeah, I kind of started the studio coming back into it technically. Back in the 90s, I wanted to record my father. I recorded Miss Amy and various things, ah. and I built that sort of the capabilities of doing that, um, sort of seeing the trends in the market, if you will, of having to use a studio. <laughs> I thought, well, let me just build my own and become competent at it. Uh, and then, so musically, I, I certainly like to hear the different uh, flavors of, of music, even if it's not my, my, my own, that I can certainly learn from and experience. And so putting together something like Angel Blessings was just a wonderful experience to hear all those 40 tracks blended together with all the different artists uh, and their ideas and, and the concepts, uh, both spoken word as well as the music, music uh, uh, contributions. It could not have happened without you, and it just happened to be amazingly blessed in some ways because I was um, last-minute captured... Uh, that my friend uh, Wayne Dyer, um, I had to run over with my little Mac computer and and record him in his uh, condo, and uh, they were jackhammering and taking asbestos out of his his condo. So I had to record him between the blasting of asbestos, and there was so much work to be done because we would have lost the, uh, those two tracks, not knowing, of course, that he'd die a year later. And um, so it was precious having some of that. And my stepfather, um, Dr. Masters, he passed on too. So. You know, some of those things, um, you know, you don't realize at the time, but you're, you're kind of really, it's amazing when they can be captured and live on. And I know you, in your work and that you do, um, have that ability with a lot of your friends because you you know how important it is as an indie artist to do the hard work, keep the connections going, you know, try to help people at the same time, try to do your own promotion 
and 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 throw your hat in the ring as much as you can, right? I mean, because you really have to be a jack of all trades when you're in the position you are, don't you? Well, very much. Uh, we just said engineering, uh, put together the music, write it, uh, arrange it. Uh, but then the promotion side uh, is very much. Um, it is a lot of work in promotion. It's not not to be taken lightly. It's right. a constant battle with the deluge that's out there. We yep. think of the internet has, having reached to the world, which is wonderful, but it's also a very big ocean <laughs> of yes, all it kinds is. of material that's out there. So, yeah. um, you know, if you have something to contribute, because um, you know there's good and bad and everything. And, and what I mean by that is that there's there's really refined uh, material, and there's some that's maybe not so refined that's mm-hmm. out there. Uh, but it, you know, it, you're contending with that as an artist. Uh, you know, you're trying to put your highest refined works out there and hoping that they're getting attention. And it does take a lot of knocking on doors or uh, posting on, on the web in some capacities to, to get attention. And and you with Love Matters, I mean, of course, we know it, you know, it was submitted and you do know that the category is in what category now for for the Grammy consideration? Yes, the Love Matters Now album is in uh, Best Jazz Vocal Album. Good jazz vocal. Now, is that what the Officially. one? Is that what you thought it was going to be in? <laughs> yes, it, I submitted it in in best jazz vocal album. Um, and just a little bit of background on that, just quickly. It's it's um, as I said, it's earlier forms of jazz. I I really have a a plan here to do more jazz albums, vocal jazz. That's what I've again talk about Billy Joel, but apply it to jazz and Harry Connick and. Mm-hmm. and uh, you know, Randy Newman, I've sort of been compared to this because mm-hmm. my songwriting is kind of playful. And um, I try to make it fun and enjoyable, but it's jazz, and it really is jazz. And so there was a question of, like, how popular uh, might, might cause it to exclude it from jazz, like how, how popular the form that I'm doing, because it, it's light jazz, this particular mm-hmm. album. Is, and, and I plan to get into other subgenres and subsequent albums, but keep a friendliness about it, keep the, uh, but also explore other jobs, add more bossa, add some salsa, do some ska type blends, but um, have it song oriented with a jazz trio format. And yes, I submitted it in jazz and it stayed there, so that's a good sign. It tells me at least I'm on track, and I've had a lot of good <laughs> uh, response to it. Uh, I, I was it's able great. to get a best jazz album in the Academia Awards this summer, Yay. And placed in the global music, which was exciting. And people can go to I have a, I have to wind it up, but people can go to Alex Ote Alex O T E Y dot com, and there's links right. there, and and they can get a chance to hear it on SoundCloud, and and I know you got a gig to play tonight, but I want to thank you so much uh, for taking the time on the run to yes. call in, and I wish oh, you the Cindy, best of so luck. Much. Wish you the best of luck on your project. Very much appreciated. Thank you, and best of wishes to. All of Hawaii. I hope to get out there. Actually, I've had a couple of invitations to go play you on Maui. Come. So. <laughs> you should come. I have a house. You can stay anytime. Lucky key, too. Okay. Yeah, so okay. I want to get out there. Uh, it sounds wonderful. <laughs> All right. You take care and have a good night. Aloha. Thanks so much. Aloha, Bye. everybody. Thanks so much, Bye-bye. Bye-bye.